Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Christmas Eve has a magic to it, a beauty, a curated charm that doesn't really transfer over too well into Christmas Day. The wrapping paper is a mess now and we are tired. Christmas Eve is prettier, but it's very fragile. At the end of the service, just speaking breaks the moment. I think that's why we close on the old English hymns. They're gentler than anything Germans can write. It holds a special place in our heart. Christmas Eve is always going to be the bigger deal, but Christmas Day dares to ask, what if it all actually meant something? Or if you're a boring Lutheran, what does this mean? What does it mean after the candles are blown out? Was it just a chance to reminisce and imagine? What does it mean to spend a whole night singing songs about stables that you have never actually knelt in, outside of towns that you've never actually visited? On Christmas Eve, we all pretend to make a pilgrimage to Bethlehem. But in actuality, find no nativity in some barn. Just words. That's why Christmas Day matters. On Christmas Day, we find out that's how it's supposed to be. On Christmas Eve, the words describe shepherds and angels and a baby Christ child in years past. But on Christmas Day, the words take shape in the now. They show us what the Christ child is, what the Christ child does. I used to think that it was that we had a hard time connecting the manger with the cross, which is why everybody preferred baby Jesus. I kind of changed my mind, though. I think we like baby Jesus more than grown-up Jesus because he doesn't do anything obnoxious yet, like talk. So when Jesus, in the Gospel of John, is introduced to us as the Word and not the infant, I think it makes everybody at least a little bit nervous that he will open his mouth and break the charm of last night, even though we all know it's well on its way to fading already. That's why we actually need the word. It's what gives the shepherds in the field meaning. It's what connects the miracle of the then to the quiet desperation of the now. Because a religion that is divorced from all meaning is quaint and worth revisiting once or twice a year when we turn off LEDs and light candles and pretend we live in simpler times. But it doesn't actually combat the darkness of today. It doesn't actually save. It just lets us pretend for a little while, which is our go-to solution for the problems we have that we can't actually fix. But it is still dark today. And so today, we are given the word. Otherwise, all we have is the law, which we cling to, 
oh so tightly. We know better than to actually claim we can uphold all of God's Ten Commandments in their totality. But all of us have that list of things that we need to do to be happy, to feel fulfilled and safe and self-reliant. We write how-to lists to feel self-actualized and healed and whole. Do this, get that. It's of Moses, even if you won't use the ten laws that he wrote on tablets. It still brings only death, even if it has candles and silent night sung at the end. Because that can't go on forever either. Most folks don't actually know past the first verse of the hymn anyway. The light actually has to endure. The law that passes for light cannot overcome the darkness that creeps back in once the charm wears off. We need more than the law. We need more than a God of charming moments. As much as he makes us nervous, we actually do need a God who speaks because he will not declare to you therapeutic niceties. He does not dangle peace behind self-help books. He doesn't offer a chance to hide from your problems while pretending. He doesn't answer the damage that sin does with more law. Do this, get that. He confronts it with the gospel. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, the living, breathing promise made to you. This word speaks, and it says you have the right to become children of God, born of his will. That means that he actually wants you sinners in his own family. It means that he saved us not by works done by us in righteousness, not by the law, but by the incarnation, by the gospel, by the God who became man by the word that became flesh, by the promise that was made real. With the infant Christ, words don't stay words. They take shape. They become flesh. They don't just call us to try harder or be more or love each other. They wrap themselves in weakness that cannot accomplish these things, and it is what real light actually looks like, because if the promise stays just words, it's on you to fulfill it. But if the promise is clothed in flesh, then grace can look like something outside of you and your very best efforts to recreate a moment or improve yourself into 2021. Light now looks like grace. Light now looks like weakness. Light now looks like Christ crucified, who bears the cross for sinners, who cannot by the law save themselves. Light now looks like something that endures when everything else falls apart because it already looks like a mess. Light now looks like Jesus, who bore the cross for those who cannot save themselves or feel self-actualized. Light comes to those who have to blow out the candles after Christmas Eve. This is not for a time that is free from problems or a world that is free from darkness. This is about a God who bears them unto their bitter end for you. This is a light that even darkness cannot overcome. Because as our Lord gave up his life, as he breathed his last, as he cried, it is finished. Your sins were forgiven you. And then he conquered death. He rose again. A promise of life 
was cloaked in flesh that could not stay dead. A promise made flesh cannot be just words. It is a risen Lord who frees you from bondage of sin. The promise made flesh can accomplish these things, not just talk about them. The word made flesh can bleed. The God made man can die. And he promises that this is for you. That the Jesus who hangs there is the light that darkness cannot overcome, the light of honesty and beauty, the light of forgiveness and love. We celebrate the birth of a savior. We sing of the God made flesh to be light even when all we can see in this world is dark. The word made flesh who will bring us through the darkness because darkness cannot overcome it now. Darkness cannot win for the light has come into the world. Dark already lost. This is your savior. This is your God. Even as much as he bore your sins upon the cross and left them there forgiven. You now have the right to become children of God. You are baptized. Baptized into something that outlasts a season. Something that endures all things. Something timeless. Something real. You are baptized. And so you are holy. You are righteous. You are worthy of love. God's own children, embraced by the Father, brought through every evil of this world. This is something that endures when everything that you have tried by the law lies broken and dead under its accusations. You have the gospel, the word that speaks, the word made flesh, the word made grace. You have the peace of a Christ who became like us so that we might be like him. And indeed, we already are. In the name of Jesus, amen.